you take it away and, you know, or you, you tweak it or figure it out so that people aren't killing themselves based on not getting enough likes. Like, you know what I mean? And that's an extreme example. Yeah, it's a definitely extreme example. I need, I can't have them take away social media, man. I need my Twitter memes, you know? Here we are. We in it. I love that we say that every single time. We're I back know. As, it, if, as if we're leaving for like months and then. <laughs> yeah, like, it's just like we're like we're back. Like you were waiting for us. We know yeah, you were yeah. waiting. We're here. We're ready. Let's get it. Best part of your Wednesday, right there. Best part of your Wednesday. I didn't. I don't know if you've had one yet. I haven't had the Popeyes chicken sandwich. I think we talked to about that on the end of the last episode, but I I haven't got one yet. Did you? No, it's, but, shout out to Odie again. This guy's got one every single day since it dropped. Like, <laughs> like, uh, like uh, <laughs> shout out to Odie, straight up, straight up. 100%. Yeah, I haven't had it yet. I don't, I don't really go to Popeyes, so I think I don't think I will have it for a while, to be honest. But yeah, I'm not like I'm not dying to get it. I'm more of you know a Travis Scott burger kind of. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not here to talk about any of that this week. We're here to talk primarily. I got a big okay. one about the 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 documentary, the craziest documentary that's come out in the last what couple of weeks, the social <laughs> dilemma on Netflix. There's no way we couldn't talk about something like this. This is the craziest. Like, 100%. what did you think? What did you think about it? So uh, it's documentary, like slash drama. There's some just very dramatic part of it. It's like a storyline that's also going on in the background. Um, but just to set the stage for people that might not know, I feel like everyone probably does, but the social dilemma kind of explores the dangerous human impact of social media, um, on the population pretty much. And they bring in some tech experts from different companies like Facebook and Google and YouTube and all of that, that helped shape some of these products and create stuff like the like button that we know now is somewhat detrimental. So you had the tech experts that built the platforms that are coming in to tell you how they did it and how it went to shit, pretty much. It's crazy. Um, it's crazy, man. I was, as someone that works in tech, like I, under, I understood a lot of these things that they built and like how they went wrong. Um, and, you know, like some of the stuff like the notifications and stuff like that that bring you in, that's stuff that I actually use when I'm designing products. So it's weird how that still lingers around and has a negative effect. But it's I, it, well, it's it's so true, right? Like, it's one of the one, and I don't want to get into like the details of it for those who might not have seen it yet. And I don't want to. Yeah. I mean, it's not like I'm spoiling anything here. It's like primarily around like privacy and advertising and social media and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I find it I find it so crazy that one of the one of the segments was one of the guys talking that. You know, they're as they're developing this, you know, plot all these different platforms and you know, adding features in that, you know, like to your point, seem might seem detrimental or something mm-hmm. to like psyche or whatever it is. It's just crazy to me that they just kept going and they knew this going into it, that they created this whole like empire basically that controls people and can like down to a science. Like it's it's insane, man. I think what it is, is that, you know, I do truly believe that the intention was good to start out or it's like, 
we're going to build this like button because it's going to be able to show people that you like something. It's very simple, you know, but I don't think when you're starting out that you sometimes realize the impact of the decisions later down the road. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't excuse the fact that it was still created and they should have mapped that out. Right. But mm-hmm. I do think the intentions starting out are like, let's just create this so we can connect people better in all ways. Let's just create this tracking mechanism so that our advertisers can um, target their customers better. And then we all just live a better life and they don't really realize the negative implications of doing that. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, when Facebook first came out, what, I think it was like 20 or when I first got Facebook, it was 2007 and it was really just a way for us to connect with each other. But the thing is like, like platforms, like, uh, MySpace existed and MSN existed before like this, I guess, would you classify MySpace as uh, social media? I guess so. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But it just for some reason that felt different, right? Because I I feel like it was authentic, right? It was a platform created to help connect people all around the world and sort of like show your own uh, identity, you know, on the internet. But that was like basically, and maybe I'm looking into it too simplistically, but that was seemingly as far as it went, right? Facebook and, you know, Twitter and, you know, all these different social media platforms have now just kept this snowball going where it's just like growing and building on itself to a point where like we are the product. And that's something that's like mentioned in the documentary is that we're like the humans, like we're the, the, you know, transaction piece here. Like they're competing in for our attention and time, which I find is, I mean, like we all know that social media is something that, you know, we're like all pretty much addicted to. Like at this point, it's so ingrained in our daily lives that we don't even really realize that we're, you know, hinging on these things. And a lot of advertisers are are doing so as well. Like, is this a shock to to you? Like watching the documentary, like was this was this something that you felt blindsided by? Me personally, like not at all. Um, yeah. I think because I have two sides of it where one, sorry, I worked in advertising and marketing. So I understand the, you know, the tracking consumers to better target products towards them. And the other half now I worked in software. So I understand learning about your users or customers that you can build better features for them. So I feel like because I have those two sides of it, I think I almost discount a lot of the stuff in the documentary where I'm like, oh, it's not that bad. But then I have to catch myself saying like, that's only because I'm sitting on this like ivory tower of knowledge somewhat. Yeah. And that's why I can have that perspective. Um, I think the quote that really stood out that you mentioned is like, if you're not paying for the product, you are the product. Our attention is the product being sold to advertisers, which is like, it's so true because you think of social media as being free and and I guess it still is, but it's your attention that's being sold. You know what I mean? So the more users they can get in there, the more they can sell that to advertisers and just sell your attention to the highest bidder. Which yeah. is scary. It's a scary idea. It's a, it's a crazy concept, right? Like it's a, it's a crazy like business operation. Like it's, you know, one thing that stood out in the documentary was when I, and honestly, I can't remember. It might've been for Facebook. They hired this guy basically to, uh, monetize Facebook. They're saying, how can we make money off of this stuff? And then, so this like model of selling, you know, space on your platform to advertisers has kind of become the blueprint for any 
like major social media platform right now, like Twitter, yeah. Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, like all the TikTok, even like all these different platforms, right? Use this exact same model. And it's like some of them work together, like Facebook and Instagram are the same thing, but like independent ones like Twitter or Snapchat or um, TikTok are all following this exact same blueprint that Facebook had kind of paved the way for. And now yeah. it's, now it's become so ingrained in our, you know, our regular lives and, you know, a bunch of advertising depends on the success of the platforms as well. Which but I here's the, here's the question. Cause we talked about it in a few episodes, a few episodes ago where it's like, would you ever pay for social media directly? And we're all so against that idea. At the end of the day, these companies have to make money. So if they gave you two options, one where you have ads and your data is being tracked versus the other where you pay a monthly fee, which one are you taking? Well, I mean, it's it's tough, right? Because yeah. either way, you're having to pay for something. But let me offer you this perspective. And maybe sure. this might be a little bit convoluted. But <laughs> if we're, you know part of the documentary was like talking about like the, you know, psychological kind of like addiction that we have to our cell phones and, you know, our, you know, scrolling through uh, Facebook, Instagram, all these different social media platforms, whatever. And I don't think that you can take that addiction away. uh, If you're, you know, spending $13 a month or whatever to use all these platforms, I don't think it makes a difference from like a mental health perspective of using it. No. I just think that if you if you don't and you let you know advertisers sort of like infiltrate it, you're still you're still doing the same act, right? You're still using the platform. I don't think people are like would be you know angry if you know. I don't think people get upset when they see ads on social media as much. No, it's, you're right. You're it's right. so normal, yeah. um, and I don't think that makes a difference in terms of like what like someone uses one of these platforms for like either way people are going to use it. Yeah. And that's kind of the two sides of it. It's like some people are really angry at the the data collection side where it's like they know every single thing about the actions I'm taking on the app. They know where I go after this website and they have my yeah. whole life mapped out. And then the well, other side is mad about the kind of mental health aspect of it, of like yeah, bringing you in through notifications and, and all of that. Oh, exactly. And I think you said it perfectly. There's kind of two, there's two demons here that we're fighting. It's the mental health and the addiction. And then there's just, am I comfortable with basically what you're asking me is, am I comfortable? You know, do I want to sell my information to advertisers or do I not want to do that? Like that's, I think the question that you're asking. And I Mm -hmm. think that for me personally, like, I don't, honestly, I don't know what I would do. Like, I have no idea because it's like, yeah, yeah. You know, do I, and who knows, man, there's so many issues with privacy. And like, I know that privacy and information, you know, containing is like a hot topic right now, especially amidst all these conversations. And this documentary probably isn't helping spark that conversation uh, or is helping spark that conversation. But I just feel like, how do I know and how do I guarantee if I were to go the route of, you know, paying a premium price for, um, an ad-free social media experience, how do I know that my information still isn't being sold out there? I think, you know, at the top levels, the, you know, executives, you know, from these social media companies still have my information, 
right? How do I, how can I guarantee that in one way or another, it's not being sold to the same advertisers, right? But yeah. And I guess, um, I feel like because I worked in advertising and I like that business model that my mind is almost not as, not the same as a consumer that's like complaining about the data being tracked. And and let me explain that because I don't really see it being a problem because it's not for malicious intent. Like if you're selling my uh, online behavior to an advertiser, that's going to show me something that I might like, I don't see a problem in it. You know, like Mm -hmm. just to give an example, like I'm often kind of looking for jewelry and jewelry brands online when I go to Instagram and Twitter, I see nothing but ads for Toronto brands, black owned brands, different jewelry brands that I might like, and I can jump on their page right away. So I see that as like working the way it's supposed to in my mm-hmm. favor. Yeah. It's a, I don't it's, really see the dark side of it personally. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Like if I'm, and I've said this for years, if I'm going to be served an ad, I would rather it be relevant to me or like try to be relevant to me than, um, you know, the way that some traditional media like out of home or a radio isn't like really yeah. that targeted kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, um, it's kind of just mass advertising, but you to your point, like if I am going to be sort of something like I'd rather it be something that makes sense. Right. But I think that what people have an issue with is just advertisers getting a hold on their data and basically creating a persona that represents me. And then for, you know, for the purpose of, you know, capital gain, right? I think the Mm -hmm. principle of it is something that a lot of people are finding like really uh, invasive, to be completely honest. And, you know, who knows where, you know, the future of social media goes, but like from a ad standpoint, I don't think it's slowing down anytime soon. Like, what do you think, what would you think an ad-free social media experience, like, what would that look like in today's age, in today's age? Because when I talk about, you know, when I was saying, like, MySpace, like, MSN and Facebook in the early days, that's what it felt like. It felt like it was, like, an ad-free thing, and, like, its sole function was to be, like, chat with your grandma who lives overseas or something like that. Like, you know what I mean? The purpose yeah. of that. But what, is, what does that look like in, in today's age? Yeah, well, with the MySpace thing, like I feel like MySpace would have just become Facebook if there was no Facebook. Mm-hmm. I feel like Facebook accelerated and and got to that really heavy usage when the iPhone came out and smartphones started to become more popular. Like I'd say around 2010 afterwards or 2011, mm-hmm. I think, when the iPhone came out. Um, so if MySpace was still around and was still dominant, they would have become the company right now that we call, you know, Facebook being this evil in this conglomerate call it that um so i just think it was whatever company whatever social media platform was popular at that time when the smartphone came out was going to take off really um in terms of an ad-free experience i think if i'm imagining that it would just have to be something i pay for because companies need to make money i don't think i value facebook or twitter enough to um pay even five dollars a month for it to be honest yeah. Uh, whenever there's a, a subscription model, that's when you lose me and I'll just go read a book, to be honest. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we can all be doing. We could be reading a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, what, what about you? Do you think are, that could be a possibility? Yeah. Well, I think that it begs the question of like, 
and I don't I don't know what it looks like. It's a tough question to ask because that was a pretty good answer. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. Um, but I think it begs the question of you know ethics in social media, and this is sure. sort of like a, a gray area that no one is able to really define because we've never really had to think, stop, and think about how crazy this stuff is. And I think the social dilemma uh, documentary is a great example of like a you know, hey, just a heads up if you didn't know this is what's happening and this is like how we're kind of like controlling you down to like the biological physical movements of your like hands and fingers like it's crazy right Mm, but yeah i don't uh yeah to your point i don't really think that i would ever pay for something like that but i think that you know having a an advisory board of you know some kind of like ethics in social media advertising is bound to happen with broadcast you know we go through in canada at least we go through like ad standards canada and like telecasters before any type of information gets sent out into the world um you know a board of you know people basically this council can you know decide whether or not you're putting you know the this spot on air or not based on what you're saying and trying to communicate to people to my knowledge at least that doesn't exist in the social media world right no Right. So, you know, there, there needs to be a little bit more regulation with, you know, how things get served to you. And I think that I'm not saying this documentary is like going to spark that or going to cause that, but I think all the conversations around privacy, advertising, all that kind of stuff, when it comes to social media, I think this is something that's inevitable to happen for us to be able to be a little bit more at ease and more comfortable with you know our usage on these things and you know we're being controlled and we don't even really know it and that's no fault other than just this how this system was built right i think it just needs an evaluation of you know uh whatever is put out into the world and how it's put out into the world needs to be measured on some sort of like scale of ethics do i know what that looks like yet absolutely not i have no idea (laughs) but you know what i I think I yeah. think it happened. I think um, I wonder if being more transparent would help. So if you could go online and see what digital profile uh, the social media app has created for you, and you could see that information, like, okay, they know I'm between this age range. They know I like these kind of things, and these are the apps that I, I go to, and, and these are my interests. Would that make you feel better to say, okay, this is just like general information. I'm cool with that. And maybe being able to remove certain things. Like, I don't know if that's even feasible or if people would even want that, but I wonder if that transparent route might help ease people's minds a bit. I I don't think it's a bad idea. What I think you're getting at is, you know, the, the world of advertising has become so customizable down to like the person yeah. And like their behaviors and actions that like, that's what I think people feel uncomfortable about is that a, a brand knows so much about me because of just, you know, my hobby of wanting to go on social media and just talk to my friends. You know what I mean? It kind of feels like someone's watching and I feel like they need to, or, and I say they like, there's just like a couple people, but like there needs to be some kind of way to, to mitigate that, to say, or it's like this, to your point, this is the information that we have about you. It's kind of like general information. Like it's not as specific. 
as like knowing where exactly I walk, what my route to work is, like how they can intercept me with that. Like that I think needs to be seriously evaluated. But if there's just like a general profile, like here's what, based on the information you've provided us, this is who, where we think that you're going to get lumped into in terms of like a segmentation or target, whatever it is. Um, And these are the types of things that will, that are going to be shared with you as a result in order to be able to keep this platform free for use and stuff like that. I think, you know, being as transparent and being genuinely transparent, I think will be some a, a strong conversation that will be happening amongst these like giant tech companies um, in the next couple of years. Like they have to, right? Like this, this has gone completely out of control. Yeah. And that's where I think the documentary slash drama gets very dramatic is because there's, they make it seem or what they're portraying in that uh, drama aspect of it, where they're following a character and a storyline is that this, is that these advertisers or these tech people can create a profile for Bobby and understand when a girl isn't talking to Bobby in his classroom and then give him a notification and make it so specific and targeted to a singular person, which is like, that's not really the way it is, right? But I think an untrained eye or people that don't really have the knowledge in that space might actually start to think, oh, do they actually know every single thing about me in this very way that they can just push my buttons? Not really. You know, it's like a collection of people that are like you and that's like their segment for the most yeah. part. It's not, they don't focus just on Bobby, you know? <laughs> yeah. But they know basically where I go though. Right. Like, and like yeah. what I use and how much time I spend on this. And, you know, it's, you know, like they said in the documentary, they're competing for our attention. And when we're not giving it to them, like they need to find out ways to, to, get me to come back. And a lot of that is through like the physical desire to scroll through, you know, Instagram and TikTok and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's nuts. Yeah. Like I definitely want to uh, shed light. Like we talked about the advertising side, but I think getting into like the mental health impact is like that whole other level of where they focus a lot on the documentary. Um, one of the stats that they mentioned that was insane to, to hear is that there's been a 151% increase in teen suicide between girls 10 to 12 after smartphones became popular. So after like 2010, mm. which is like, this is the group of people that are being targeted the most. Because yeah. if you think of like millennials and above, like we can turn off notifications and it's not really that big of a deal, I don't think, for, for the most part. But yeah. when you're young and in school, it's like you need to be in the know. You need those notifications as to what somebody is doing and cause that's going to be the topic of conversation in school. And yeah. it, it's such a big aspect of their life. Right. So it's hard for them to turn it off. Yeah. Well, cause they grew up with it. Right. They like grew they, up with it. Exactly. You know, the addiction is starting so early. Right. Yeah. And you know, I'll acknowledge it. Like that is a, you know, that is um, such a, a horrible number right like that is just a like incredibly depressing thing to see and so unfortunate for you know the people who lose loved ones because of you know not because of social media but social media being a factor in that like that's horrible right mm-hmm. you never want to see that but it's just like i you know i think i might have said this in one of our earliest episodes but it's like what would like going to high school be like right now 
Like it's yeah. a completely a completely different experience. So like with you know with the use of smartphones and uh, social media being just ingrained, like literally ingrained into like the psyche of you know a sixteen year old kid. How do you escape that? And how do you know? And maybe I'm being ignorant and maybe I'm being naive, but like, how do you know otherwise if this is what you've grown up basically using your entire life? I don't like, even think you're being naive. I think that's like a very real thing. Um, Cause as I mentioned, like for me, I don't have notifications on social media. I don't feel pulled in. I don't feel like I need to jump on an IG DM right away. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that's the complete reverse for somebody that is 15 or 16 right now. So it's like, is there anything being taught in school to almost, I don't know if it's too late to do it in high school or if you should do it earlier, but to help them almost just think critically and, and understand that. Um, well, the effects of, of the effects of social media, media, understand really what they're doing when they're on those apps for so long um, and not being a slave to their phone. You know, I don't know how you teach that, though, to be honest. Yeah, well, I think it goes back to what we were talking about in terms of like the ethics, right, behind it, right? Like there needs to be some kind of like council or something that, you know, monitors this kind of stuff. But it all comes down to like education and how you do that. I'm not exactly sure. I think it's, I think it's crazy. Like one of the things that they mentioned in the documentary, which is like, <laughs> and I'm just like thinking about it. It's like crazy. I might watch it again. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's giving me out. Um, cause sometimes the, the thing, and I'll jump into my point in a sec, but like the thing that I really liked about the documentary is that, you know, what you were saying before, where they like followed this character or whatever throughout the, the, the thing and they yeah. made it, they told this story. Like, it's not like there's like a, a team of people being like, Oh yeah, he, he hasn't checked his phone in a while. Let's send him a notification. Like, boom. Like, it's not like there's an actual like team of people doing that. Yeah. But like they tell like that story and that sentiment is what you take away from it, right? That there's like it humanizes it like this, that. Yeah, it humanizes this you know social media experience, right? Mm -hmm. And it makes it feel like someone's watching you at all times, even though it's just machine learning, yeah, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. But what I found really crazy about this was like one guy I can't remember his name, but he was saying that you know they're using your own psychology to make you addicted to these social media platforms. Yeah. Like even the concept of like the notifications thing popping up or the, the scrolling, like the scrolling has just become so embedded in like my day to day that it's like, it's, it's second nature to me. Right. Yeah. Even like, like that dopamine even, rush is what he meant. Yeah. Well, what's crazy is like, even when let's say as simple as this, you take the Instagram, you know, app on your phone and you just move it to another folder or another screen or something like that. I guarantee yeah. you, if, if I do that, I will continue to go back to where I like I'm so used to seeing it on my phone. And I'm like clicking there, even though it might be replaced by another icon or something like that. But because I'm so just like used to it. OK, I have Instagram in front of me. I know where it is on my phone, like on the screen. I'm clicking there. But like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like down to like a science of where things exist on your phone and where, how your hand moves and all that, like kind of psychological, it's like, it's ingrained in us, right? Like yeah. even the concept of liking posts and, and all that is just, it's crazy how, how Which, specific it is. 
hundred percent. And it's like, um, yeah, with that infinite scroll on on Instagram, you you don't know what's gonna come up next. So like, it gives you that dopamine rush to like see what the next item is gonna be. So you just scroll forever. So it's like if Instagram changed it where you had to like click pages to see different uh, images. Number one, it probably wouldn't have been as famous as it is now. Like it wouldn't be as widely used as it is now. And yeah. it would just not be the same experience. So like you love the infinite scroll because at the time, whoever created that, it was probably like it's such a genius idea where everyone's like, this is great. You know, they're going to spend more time on our app. Then they realize the impact years later where it's like, okay, they're spending too much time on our app and they're not doing anything else in that day so that's the negative side that's built from a good intention you know yeah which is like a a big part of this whole documentary it's like good intent bad impact yeah it's like it's a great example of that and i think that it's just it's gotten out of control right because now like there's advertisers involved and all that kind of stuff. And that weighs on your mental health as well. But I want to take a sec to talk about the concept of like liking a post. Remember, do you remember using social media before that was a thing? Like, do you remember using Facebook before? Um, there was a like, like button? Yeah, before that. Uh, what year? Do you know what year it kind of came around? Because like, I, 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 was... I or It was like maybe 2008 or 2009. Uh, like, I think I yeah. just came on Facebook when liking was the thing, maybe. Yeah. Well, I remember what, like, I'm not saying, like, back in the day when <laughs> likes didn't, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's such a utopia. It, Everyone got along. <laughs> yeah. But I think, like, these are just, like, little subtle features that have been added in to, like, make it feel, like, to add to this addiction right and like likes have become i knew what's jokes about this is like the guy in the documentary was like they're introducing you know who they are and stuff like that and he was just like and i was the inventor of the like button i was like oh shit this is the guy like this is the guy that fucked everybody up (laughs) but but like now people use likes one like advertisers use likes as like measurements for engagement and stuff like that but two like from a mental health psychological level, people use likes as a way to quantify their own popularity mm-hmm. or, you know, judge, you know, whether their content was good or not. It's like, Oh, well my, my latest post got this many likes. So like, I know I'm still good. And like, even sometimes like I'll post on Instagram, like I rarely ever post on Instagram, but I keep, I look at the number of people liking and I'm like, Oh nice. Like this was a good one kind of thing. Yeah. Right? Sick. I'm doing awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, man, I'm like, I'm sick. Like I am, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. But it's like, you know, we're old and I don't want to say we're old enough, but like we didn't grow, like this wasn't a part of like our upbringing until, I don't know, you know, when we were in our early 20s, like late teens, early twenties kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. We like kind college. of knew, we kind of know what this whole thing is. And like, we're a little bit more aware and maybe I am being a little bit, maybe I'm generalizing here. But when I, when I look at, you know, someone who is, who grew up using social media or, you know, Facebook, you know, Instagram, and that's just been a thing that they've used their entire lives. How are they supposed to know any different than if I'm posting a picture and I get 30 likes versus, um, you know, a hundred, that is like a significant number and that means something. And like they're subconsciously using that as a way to, you know, quantify their popularity in school or something like that or the you know the quality of their content 
So now people post things based on trying to get likes versus like sharing the content because they kind of want to, you know what I mean? And like have a personality for themselves, like on the internet, it's really, uh, and it, it shapes the way that people think about themselves, which is, you know, going back to this statistic here with the 151% increase in teen suicide and girls like that at that young age. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that has to be a factor into it, right? Like get rid case, of it. Yeah. Get rid of it. Get rid of the like button. We don't need it. Well, exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> like we had Instagram earlier this year testing out, well, now they've actually done it, um, removing the amount of likes that are publicly shown. But as I mentioned when we talked about it, you can still see it internally. You can still see that I only have 50 likes on this picture. And that was the main problem. I don't think the problem was outward. I think the problem was inward. So if I can see that I only have 50 likes, I'm still going to be depressed that I didn't get 150 or yeah. 200 or whatever. So get rid of it. We don't, we don't need the like button. But it's they will never of, do that because they, they are selling our attention to advertisers, and that's yeah. a measure of engagement. Exactly. So they'll never do it. They'll just tiptoe around it, but never actually. But never it. actually, like, yeah. It's kind of like the analogy of um, – like let's let's use cigarettes as an example you yeah. know uh when you when you buy a cigarette box um you know i have to you know the clerk will I, one i don't smoke just as a you know heads up to my mom listening to this potentially <laughs> but uh you know you you look at the box and like they're the the company selling you the cigarettes isn't gonna say don't buy our cigarettes because they're bad for you they're not yeah. gonna they're not gonna prevent you from being able to do that but what they do is like they slap these like um, labels on them being like cigarettes cause cancer and blah, blah, blah. And like you think people who are addicted to cigarettes like look at that and that prevents them yeah. from buying it? Like no. Like it might deter some people and like, you know, it is some of the imagery that they use is gross on purpose, which I think mm -hmm. the intention behind that is good. But is that really solving the problem? Let's, a PR you know, strategy. It's just like yeah. they were starting to get heat and they're like, okay, what we'll do to compromise is we'll put this negative imagery on the box and let's well, hope that deters a few people. Well, that, exactly. Right. But I, I don't think that came out of the goodness of no. you know, these cigarette companies that came because of government regulation being like, you know, we have a whole generation of people who are smoking cigarettes and that's, that's not good. Like our, that's a public, you know, health and safety issue right yeah at yeah. the end of the day with everybody's addicted to cigarettes like that's not good because of private companies getting you to you know they're putting chemicals in these things to make you addicted to these things to come back like people are chemically dependent on cigarettes people aren't chemically dependent necessarily on social media if we're if we're switching gears and we're thinking about that same type of comparison we let social media companies like we let them, um, I'm trying to like articulate this. Like we became addicted because of nothing that was from a chemical. We became addicted because they built this perfect system that allowed us to just become addicted without even really knowing. Right. Yeah. So I think when we're talking about, you know, ethics and government re like uh, regulation and stuff like that, no, like Mark Zuckerberg isn't going to be like, we're shutting social media or uh, Facebook and Instagram down because we want you to be better. Like we yeah, want your, no your health to be a lot better. 
right? Yeah. Like they're, not, they're never going to do that. What they might do is add in like these little features and notifications and pop-ups to say, hey, don't use your – don't forget to go outside today or don't use Facebook as much. But like people who are addicted are going to be they like – don't care. Hey, yeah. Like close it and, you know, so those big tech companies can be like, well, look, we're we're telling them not to use it, but they still are. The same way that cigarette companies post mm. those labels on and say, well, we're, we told them that it's bad for them. But that's not good enough to fix the problem. You know what I mean? So you're saying there should be like that government uh, regulation that comes in and says, no, this isn't enough. We have to do something a bit more drastic. Like, for example, get rid of the like button. Don't think that would ever happen, but no. just tossing out examples. I'm saying that the, uh, the way to fix the problem is to yeah. is to get rid of social media. <laughs> like, oh, like, really? Oh, like, you know, like the way to, holy? to fix, well, yeah. Like the way to fix what we've sort of created. And, you know, at this point it's so difficult for us to adjust because like, you know, like me and you, and again, this is a huge generalization, but <laughs> you and I are a little bit more self-aware because we're not, we didn't grow up with it necessarily until like the later half of like our, you know, you know, teen years, early twenties kind of thing. And until now people who grew up using it don't know anything else. Right. So how do you fix that? You take it away and, you know, or you, you tweak it or figure it out so that people aren't killing themselves based on not getting enough likes. Like, you know what I mean? And that's an extreme example. Yeah. Yeah. It's a definitely extreme example. I need, I can't have them take away social media, man. I need my Twitter memes, you know? (laughs) I'm not separating myself from, from any of these people, right? Like I am, I'm fully addicted to using social media and checking my phone and notifications and all that. I'm, I'm not separating myself from any of that. I'm just as addicted as the next guy. But I think that like the way that you've, like how do you fix this problem without taking the the heart the root of the issue away like, <laughs> you know what i mean yeah yeah i get what you, i get what you mean um i just think there there needs to be they need to test some stuff out like they need to um i think there needs to be a regulation that's outside of these companies so a government regulation that can come in and start fixing some of these these problems that we have in a dramatic way I don't think that is shutting down the whole system. Um, maybe that's if all these other things don't work, but we need someone above Facebook that can dictate some of the stuff Facebook can do. And right now yeah. we don't have that. I totally agree. I totally agree. And like my example of getting rid of it is like an extreme example and an unrealistic example. Yeah. Yeah. Like how do you stop smoking? You make you ban cigarettes and you take them away from people. Like, yeah. If it were that easy and like fair to do, dare I say, it would have been done. But like, you can't, like, you can't just do that. Right. Yeah. So, um, to switch gears a little bit here, what I've been seeing online and just on Twitter is a lot of people saying, okay, I'm going to delete Facebook and Instagram now after watching this documentary. Um, do you think there will be an impact on social media use? Um, because of this social dilemma documentary long-term? Um, I don't, I don't know. And I don't think, well, one, I don't know if this documentary is as impactful, like to, to say, yes, this is going to cause people to delete their social media and not use it as much. Yeah. But I think for me, it's a, it's a good wake up call to be like, 
wow, like this is like a science and my own brain is being sold <laughs> without me even really understanding and knowing why. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the effects of knowing this stuff is definitely going to hopefully change the way that I, you know, interact with these platforms. Right. But again, like I was saying before, man, like I'm just as in it as a lot of people. And like, I use this stuff so often that like, I need to, I need help to. Oh man! I need help, man. I, I, we'll I need find to find you. Help. We'll find you help. Yeah. No, but like, you know what I mean. Like, I think that if it's up to the individual, I don't know if we'll see a lot of like long-term change. Sure. But sure. If it's if like there's like a, a board of directors or like this someone higher than Facebook that helps like monitor this stuff, kind of like the same way that like an ASC or a a telecaster from an advertising perspective but also like someone who understands like the the human brain well enough in like the in the tech space yeah to be able to be like okay we need to figure out how we can make this a little bit less insane and addicting um i think that's probably the how you do it Right. I don't know if uh I don't know if like if you leave it to the individual and the you know we've seen Time and time again, like people who are addicted to things, you can't just like you can't just leave it up to that person. Like it's really difficult to to stop something when you're addicted to it, right? Like it's it's your mental health. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I agree. Like I don't think um, we're going to see this huge surge in people deleting Facebook and never going back to it. I think it's just something to say right at the moment after you watch a documentary. Um, like, damn. They yeah, really like, got me. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but it's like, um, I think for me, my takeaway after watching this is just a bit of self-reflection. It's like, mm -hmm. you really need to look into your social media usage and your phone usage in general and, and really think critically. Like, if I get a notification on Instagram right now, do I jump and stop everything I'm doing to check it? If so, then that's probably a problem and you need to do something to, I think you need to do something to try and fix that because if yeah. you feel like a slave to your phone, and this is going to be a personal decision for everyone listening, if you feel like a slave to your phone, then you, it's up to you to, to do what you can to fix that because mm -hmm. I don't know if you can rely on the government regulations because that's going to take a while. You need yeah. to make sure that you have your mind space right and you're not on your phone 10 hours a day. If yeah. you are on your phone 10 hours a day and it's a positive reason, then, hey, you do that. But um, yeah, don't get me I wrong. need to get other stuff done, you know? Exactly. No, I, th I think you nailed it. And I think that when you, when you say things like if you use it for good, like let's not forget all the good things that can so happen. So many great things. Like, yeah. media. Like, it's, if you, like, you know, a lot of people who, you know, from an accessibility standpoint, like a lot of people can use technology and, you know, smartphone technology and social media to be able to communicate with people in ways that they wouldn't be able to do like verbally. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's some people who, you know, who might have like a speech disorder or something like that, or they have difficulty, you know, speaking or, you know, whatever it is. There's mm -hmm. a lot of things that tech can do good for people. And I think that the way that we need to, you know, position and understand tech in the next, in, in the future needs to be based on like, ethics like we know what this kind of stuff does like we're you know we know what you know addicting principles of social media are and they've like look how bad it's gotten but we need to start using our 
are smart for yeah. good. Um, right. when, it, when it comes to social media use, it's like we need we need someone who like can use this stuff for good and change it for the better versus changing it to you know, to continue to sell your information to advertisers even more efficiently. Hundred percent. Right. I don't know. It's crazy, man. I might watch it again tonight to be completely honest. Cause like the first time around, it was like, my mind was blown. I was like, Oh, and now I'm like, okay, like I want to go back and like deep dive. Really analyze it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I definitely pulled a few quotes. Like one was the only two industries refer to their customers as users, drugs and software. And (laughs) at work, like I work in tech, I say users all the goddamn time. And now I want to almost stop that because I feel like when you say user, you're almost belittling the customer to just like you're bel- you're belittling them to nothing almost. You know what I mean? And crazy. it takes away the human impact of that person. So that's something I'm trying to like actively stop doing as much. It's like, yeah, the users did this. The users did that. It's like it, it sounds weird. You well, know? And, those are, and those are like small things that like small have just been normalized that we don't even realize. And it's like, whoa, that actually is kind of like messed up. I didn't even really think about that. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even think about that, and that's that's what I mean. Like, there needs to be some kind of like human benefit to something like this, mm-hmm. uh, because now it's just a machine running our lives for us, kind of thing. It's I don't know. It's interesting. It's what it is. It's what it is, man. Go on and on about this for hours, but I think that's probably a good way to conclude this episode. Hundred percent. So that was episode yeah. eighteen. We got a couple more. Well, we have a bunch more left for the rest of the year, but we'll, here's a question to the audience after, you know, watching this documentary. One, if you haven't seen the documentary, you should definitely watch it. Two, is this going to like make you be a little bit more aware of your social media usage and will you stop using it as a result? I would love to hear, we would love to hear your thoughts on that, but get back to us in, in the DMs and we'll, uh, We'll talk about it on the next episode. But that was episode 18. Doc, you have any final words on here? Follow us on Instagram, the underscore Mad Mix. We'll be posting um, different posts throughout the week so that we could have some of those questions that Malik just brought up and you can, you know, respond to them and we can have that discussion. Uh, But yeah, follow us there. Make sure to give us five stars on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. And last thing is share with a friend. Definitely share this with a friend. You think we'll find interest. You you think of you think we'll find this interesting and like the post (laughs) (laughs) i love it because all of the ads for the social dilemma you see them on twitter and instagram and you're like this kind of defeats the purpose but yeah i'm just like oh man like after this like we really did that all right yeah episode 18 we'll uh have a blessed day